Uh, welcome back to the Tri Radar podcast. Uh, today we are joined by Jordan Matthews, uh, who was the female winner of the Bastion. Um, so we caught up with Tom uh, a couple of weeks ago, and today we're going to chat with Jordan. And uh, really interesting. Uh, I've never known anybody get into triathlon through injury, uh, but Jordan was a dancer, and she'll tell us about how triathlon has helped rehabilitate her. So she'll go through her training and she will go through um, what races that she's got coming up over 2022, what she enjoyed most about last season and how she fits it all in. Uh, so without further ado, here is the interview. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm here with, with Jordan Matthews. Nice to have you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to have a little chat. So we, we, we brought, pulled you on um, because uh, Jason and I do some work at uh, Castle and you know, we saw you come across the, a rather damp finish line um, back in June when it was supposed to be middle of the summer and, and boiling hot and yeah. uh, you, you won the Bastion there. I did indeed, and I actually made a bit of a spectacular finish where I actually, I actually there was a photo of me slipping across the, uh, the finish line as, I, as I've, I've gone to put my hands up and I've just literally, it's like I've fallen on a banana. It was rather embarrassing. But yeah, that kind of uh, showed exactly what the day was like. Yeah, yeah God. Was, uh... I, I had to get my car uh, towed out by a tractor, which uh, was, was an experience in itself. Yeah, it was, oh, I think, I, I think the sun eventually came out, but I mean, that was about 11 hours too late, I think. <laughs> it, Quite, was, yeah. it was, yeah, it was, full-on British weather, that was for sure. So before we dive into, into, into the Bastion, um, it'd be great to find out how you, how did you get started in triathlon? Yeah, so um, I started a, three years ago now, three, four years ago. Um, I actually kind of came in it through injury, which is kind of bizarre. Um, so I did a, I was a professional uh, dancer and singer, so I did a lot of shows and did a lot of dancing, which meant my hip placement was always like outwards. Um, and alongside that, I did a lot of kickboxing as well. Um, and my hips were basically giving up at the tender age of 24. Um, so I was like, I needed to, when I came off my, I worked on cruise ships. And when I came off my last cruise ship, I was like, oh, I need to find something that's more linear. Um, so yeah, then I, and I was also looking for like a more of a, a community-based uh, club to join because I'd come back and sort of needed to make sort of new friends and stuff. Um, so I found a local club and then, yeah, worked out that actually the pain kind of went when I started uh, training sort of more linear. So, because if you think about it, running, cycling and swimming, it's all this motion as opposed to sort of side motion. So Who, who'd have thought triathlon would be therapy for injury? I know, right? Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> And so you, 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 you're out on the cruise ship, so whereabouts were you, how long were you off for, you know, sort of uh, months at a time? Yeah, so I did, um, so I did several other contracts as well, which meant that I was sort of traveling around the country. Then I went international. Um, my last ship was about, I was away for about nine months. Um, so yeah, when I came back, I was like, I had enough, I think I had enough of that. I've always sort of been into sport, fitness, um, but it was very much, uh, about looking good, if that makes sense, like the fitness I was doing and going to the gym, um, given the industry that I was in, you needed to look good. And I think I just had enough of it being about what you look like um, and more about 
doing it for a challenge, I think. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, kind of how I got into it. And then I literally joined a club. It must've been, cause I came back in sort of May time and I think I joined the club and I did my first, first one at Dorney Lake in the early July. So I got the bug straight away. I joined a club and everyone was like, yeah, do one. I was like, oh, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so yeah. How, how did you fare in that first one? Was it, um, did you realize then that actually, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not too, too shabby at this. Yeah, I suppose I've, I've always ran, um, I mean, never like properly, but I've always sort of, even before then, I would always go back and do a park run and always do all right. Like, it's always just been something that I've always been okay at. Um, cycling, I got a bike when I was, I asked for a bike for my 21st to do the London to Brighton. Um, so I had a road bike. Um, again, I've, I probably would go out and do like 20 or 30K and feel like I'd, you know, gone for hours <laughs> it seemed like such a mammoth thing back then um swimming I'd never I mean I'd learned to swim I was the, I'm the last of three kids so I think by the time my mum got to me it was very much a case of is she going to drown no fine come on let's <laughs> find another sport or something so yeah the swimming was always and still is the biggest challenge for me um so yeah I think I managed I did all right, I think. I think I feel I did one of those like the it was one of the it was I think it was like banana triathlon or something where the swim yeah. was slightly shorter. So which kind of was all right for me because I knew I would be fine on the bike and the run, but it was just the swim being in open water. So yeah, I think when I finished it and I was still running all right, I think, oh actually, quite I think I might be all right at this. So yeah. And what's uh, and and you know, so you you started off um with your club. Mm. Have you, did you go into coaching? Did you, did you coach yourself? Did you, did you go source a coach? How, how, how did you, when you, when you realized that you were going to start taking on the bigger distances, how did you approach that? Yeah. So I stuck with the shorter distances probably for the first year or two, year or two. Yeah. And then there was a coach that was attached to my triathlon club that I, uh, the local club here, which I then sort of, yeah, started working with him um and then he moved away from the club and then I moved away from the club and we sort of then just sort of worked together for two and a half years probably um yeah it's been about was about two and a half years um and then it was just kind of just trying different distances because I didn't really know what I was good at to be honest um and I think I also I think a lot of people fall into the trap is that you kind of just go and you're like, oh yeah, I'll just go long straight away. Um, so I did fall in the trap of doing that, um, which I'll probably talk about later on as to maybe I might reshuffle that a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I kind of then booked my first half, which I did Holcomb Outlaw, were half outlaw in 2019. Was that the year before the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is such a blur now, all these years. Um, so I did that, and then that was my first one. And I won I won my age group in that, so that was cool. Um, and I think I came maybe like 10th or 11th female, um, which was quite good for my first sort of outing, really. Um, and then I then did the same year, I then did like a last-minute book, went to Lanzarote um, and did the half there um, as well. So, yeah, and then it was like... Then obviously the pandemic hit, and then I was like, no, I won't go long yet. I think I'm still a bit too, um, I think I've got a bit too much speed 
still maybe to use before I go too long. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, I'll go long. Um, so then I, that's kind of how I fell into doing Kiva Castle because I was supposed to be doing Lanzarote in May last year. That then got pushed back to June. Then it got pushed pushed back to July. And actually it was the same, it, it did go ahead. It was the same day as Heaver Castle. But at the time I couldn't isolate for two weeks. So that's when I did literally a last minute like email to uh, Castle Series to just be like, is there any space, please? Literally two weeks before the race. Um, so yeah, they managed to get me in, which was really lucky and just meant that all the training I did didn't go to waste. So, yeah, I mean, well, I mean Lanzarote is a notoriously tough uh, iron distance race. And I mean, the, the Bastions know uh, it's not flat, is it? But I mean, compared to Lanzarote, it, um, it, may, yeah. it, it must have been a bit easier than, uh, than, than you're expecting. Well, I don't, well, I don't, it's hard to say because I haven't actually done, I haven't done Lanzarote. So it's, but I've obviously done the half, but it was just so different. I mean, the actual climbing, the climbing was give or take a hundred meters difference. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So the bike, so in terms of my bike fitness, I was all right, but it's, it was different because you would obviously have the wind and the heat to contend with as averse to we had wind, <laughs> rain, like you, it was like really sketchy on the roads. Like oh, that, was, that was biblical, that raid. That was something else. The I mean, the rain that came down, it was, I literally got out of the water and it was probably I'd been on the bike for probably five minutes and then the heavens just opened. Um, and it was probably like that for about an hour and a half. But yeah, so it was different. But I think I was in that mental state of I knew Lanzarote was going to be really tough. So I'd kind of, you know, built up that it was going to, I mean, they're going to be tough anyway, whatever you do. But yeah, so they were they were different, but they were also quite similar in terms of that they were both brutal. So and how did you so how did you find the um, the build up? Um, I mean, obviously, lockdown gave, I think, people I think it gave us triathletes a little bit more um flexibility with training uh we had a you know a bit, a bit more um time to sort of do it at our leisure i, I guess mm -hmm. rather than kind of have to cram it in but you know i mean training for an iron distance event is no um it, you know you need to be committed so how did you fit all of that in well i was probably quite different to everybody else because i i was in the police at the time right so i where everyone else was um having loads of time I was having quite the opposite <laughs> yeah, God, yeah so you, you were under loads of pressure then yeah so I obviously didn't get the whole work from home um or anything like that and I was working shifts um night shifts and it I mean I'm not gonna lie it was it was hell <laughs> it made the finish line even better I think um yeah it was really difficult um, I suppose on my days off, it meant that there were no real like commitments or social commitments or anything like that. So I could train then. Um, but yeah, I didn't actually have that pleasure that I was seeing on Instagram by everybody else who was like managing to do like lunchtime spins and things like that. But um, are, are, you no, quite, are you quite sort of um, committed? You'll carve out, you know, sort of set times each week for, for what you're going to do and, and, and stick to them. Yeah almost a little OCD, but I have like, um, I have a little whiteboard and I literally at the beginning of the week, I just write in exactly what I'm doing. Um, yeah. And I will uh, almost work backwards. Like, especially when you're like swimming, you're thinking, right, it's going to take me 
five minutes to have a shower. It's going to take me five minutes to get ready. You know, everything is done like literally to the T to get to make sure, especially when I was I'm I'm no longer in the police. But when I was in the police, it was like I had to leave by this time to make sure I was there. And yeah, so I am very good at being organized um, uh, in that sense. So, yeah, I was I was lucky in that I could sort of, you know, be a bit more flexible. But I did then move to um I was on like the emergency response team um and then because triathlon was such a big part of my life I did move to a different team which was a little bit more flexible um with the timings um and meant that I was not doing night shifts because I just I just could my body was just I just couldn't do it I mean I don't think I could do it anyway but then having to try and run after three four hours sleep was just it wasn't yeah so yeah, no, I'm glad I uh, sort of moved away from that. <laughs> and, is it, and is it still, you know, um, a challenge squeezing things in now? You, you're out of the police and... Yeah, so uh, at the moment, I'm sort of like in that in-between stage. So I actually do have a lot of t- a lot more time than I had before. Um, but even when you have time, I always think you almost, even if you have loads of time, you still don't have enough time. <laughs> Like you're still squeezing things in all the time. Um, so I'm still really, as as I was then, it was just, I've maybe got a bit more time to do sort of, you know, the extra bits like rolling out and stretching and things like that, that probably I ignored a little bit more when I was, was in the police. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am just really organised. I know exactly what I need. Um, my c- coach probably finds me very annoying where I'm like, can you please send me at uh, the week? Uh, I just need to know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's, it's good though. They they understand, so it's good. So you obviously you know you've had the uh, you told us about the the hips and the shift patterns. So has there been any other challenges that you've had to overcome to you know kind of fit fit this sport in with life? Um, I'm actually having a bit of a challenge at the moment. Um, I have been out the water for twelve weeks. Um, well, I went back last week. Um, I've had like ongoing ear infections. Um, oh, nice. just kept, yeah, just went, then came back and went and came back. So I've had, um, so when I, well, when I started, cause I, I, I got a new coach, um, in October, November time. Um, and he does more sort of, um, sort of more duathlon. Um, so I was going to do the s- swimming separately and join, um, master's a club near here um and just do it just do it all separately really and uh I was like really keen I was like man I'm gonna really smash the swimming because it's always been my weakness and I was like this is the year that I'm gonna get faster and then literally within the first month I was like out and I was so so angry how are you when like there's a there's a, an injury setback are you a good patient no, not really. <laughs> not really. Although I think the maybe I think the lockdown might have helped that slightly because, you know, I just had to think, well, you know, I managed about a pool last year and it was fine. I think it's just the thought of that everybody else is still swimming and I'm not. Whereas in lockdown, we were all on the same boat. It's amazing um, how quickly the swim comes back, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I'm not a great swimmer and you know, I've invested a lot of time in in, in trying to uh, get some sort of technique and uh, endurance and I was so worried when we, we weren't able to go yeah. to the pool and you, you actually I think I came I, th- I think I came back better for it in many respects yeah. yeah yeah I think I did actually when probably the second lockdown I did because I was 
really, really made sure I did all like sort of the indoor stuff, um, which obviously built up muscles. But I don't know, maybe I wasn't as good this time or I've just gone back to being with quicker people. And then it's just made me realize that the, the gap is really big, <laughs> like literally at this swim club, like 10 seconds slower than I was three months ago. But it's one of those things. And I am learning to deal with things like that a lot better each season when there's something maybe happens. Um, I've just really, you know, I've improved. Well, I've just been focusing on my bike run. And actually, you know, that is something that my strengths do lie. And I almost wonder whether I, I'm a bit of a believer that maybe the universe was trying to tell me something anyway, that maybe, you know, I'm, and I'm going to do some duathlons this year. Um, so maybe it's the universe telling me that, that that's something that I should do. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm just kind of taking it as it comes and just trying to get my swim volume back up and we'll see how that goes. But I would never say never to duathlon or cycling um, or running, you know, in separately. So, yeah. I've got the uh, duathlon worlds in uh, May and uh, we had, I went to Salou um, last year and the yeah. swim was cancelled and they put a 5k run in instead. And uh, I have to say, during the second run, I'm, I was beginning to wonder why I'm going to the, uh, the, the worlds. It was... <laughs> Horrible. Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. I I am potentially maybe going to go. So yeah, I'm I'm unsure at the moment. It it, it all depends. In the next, I have I have a month to kind of source out. I think whether or not because I basically I'm supposed to be going to Lanzarote in May, um, but um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm just gonna see how the next month goes and then see so how it all pans out. Yeah, exactly. There's, it's, I think that's what I've learned with lockdown and with um, sort of uh, probably finding my new coach and having a different, um, just somebody else to talk to, I guess. And I, that's what I was going to talk about earlier is that maybe I went long too quickly and maybe there's some other things that I could maybe do first whilst I'm a little bit younger got a little bit more speed on my side before maybe going back to going long. I don't know if it's, I, I'm just kind of using this year as an, a bit of an experiment because it's kind of like, I feel like I've had a bit of a, a new start with, with a new coach and yeah, we're just going to play it by ear and kind of see what happens, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and you know, I mean, you know, you've, you've, you've done well at long distance and you know, you're only going to get better at it. One, one would, one would hope. So yeah. you know, why not experiment? Yeah, exactly. And I, and yeah, I'm just kind of, yeah, eager to see how fast I can get. So, yeah. So, so what, what does experiment mean for you? Are you thinking, you know, you want to have a really good crack at some standard distance or... Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe standard and 70.3. Um, yeah, just to see... I think from more of a training point of view to, to just try and, yeah, just keep the speed up and not lose any speed. Because it is difficult when you go long to I mean I know some of the pros do it but I think even they would say you know it is difficult to to keep that to keep that speed well I mean Lu Lucy Charles uh obviously um seems to manage it but th I think yeah. she's a bit of an anomaly she's uh yeah. <laughs> yeah I think you can throw anything at her and she'd be all right but you know but then even you know even her when you compare like you know she's world class in sort of the longer distance but she's not coming up first you know with with the uh sort of shorter distance stuff but I mean I'm pretty sure she will do eventually yeah I think she got that um I think she put her mind to it she probably 
yeah. probably could. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, it's a completely different thing. Um, I was always worried. I think I went long because I was concerned about my swimming being slow. So therefore, in my head, it's like, well, I've got longer to catch up on the bike and the run. Um, did, you, did you enjoy it, though? I mean, the, the, the actual process and the and the distance yeah I did yeah I did and you've got longer to you've obviously got longer to to sit in it and it's almost in a weird way like slightly more enjoyable because there's no stress and you can you know like you get to a <laughs> nutrition and you can almost like walk through have a gel <laughs> and then carry on there's no like frantic you know smorgasbord of uh of, of gels yeah yeah literally you could you could see your family as you're walking past and it's like you know you just think actually for these 10 seconds i'm just gonna take my time um and and do it um but yeah it's kind of but then the, but then you've also got like the recovery of it is so much longer so you go long, you can maybe do one in the season, two, I think probably is your maximum. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think if I could get more, if I could go short, if I go shorter for a bit, maybe I'll get some um, bit more race experience and then hopefully go back to being long. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, 70.3s, you can fit a good good couple in a year, you know, three, yeah. four even, I guess, if you're, if you're competitive. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I see quite a lot of my, my sort of club mates uh, they they kind of they have that natural journey where they they progress to maybe a middle distance is a is is a big deal and then you know before long they they feel like they've got to do uh, a long course mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've I've not quite got there yet I actually I really enjoy uh, middle distance and yeah. I don't have that desire just yet to to go long but I, plenty of my friends they they do and they kind of why do you want to do it? And it's, it's, it's never, well, cause I really want to do it. It's just kind of like, I've, I've, I'm going to have to do it now before I get too old. Yeah. And I think there's like a pressure with, within like, within the, the triathlon community that you've not really done a proper triathlon until you go full. And it's like, well, no, because, and I try <laughs> to explain this to people, like a sprint can be just as hard as a full like you know it's it, i find them harder i, I honestly I, I find the sprints now um they just kill me yeah exactly it's it's i do think there is this thing of like you know the brand and things and everyone's like yes i need it you know um but yeah i, I think i fell into the trap of that probably during lockdown um so yeah but it's good to have a, another perspective on it sometimes and someone being like hmm should you i was like hmm, maybe i shouldn't i've still got a lot of years ahead of me to go long so and but the good thing is is now i know i can do it so and yeah. i've done it. and so and it, yeah and and, and it's uh, yeah and, and i'm capable of doing it so if i when the time's right and i want to switch it on then i can so yeah so let's talk about the the, the bastion so you, you you well uh kind of a couple of weeks out you you, you got in yeah, and you know, you—it's probably not the the best prep, is it, for a for a race? You know, kind of every everything, just trying to get all your ducks in a row. So, how, how did you approach the the couple of weeks when you knew you were going to do the race? Um, I suppose I was still because it was so late, and I literally made the decision to not go to Lanzarote two weeks ahead. I was still in the headspace. All of my training plan was all still catered towards that exact weekend. So nothing really changed that much other than just logistics of 
I mean, actually, logistics was easier. I, my, my, my auntie lived around the corner, so I knew that I had a place to go. Um, I suppose I hadn't had, and maybe I would have gone and had a look at the course or gone and cycled there if I'd had a bit more time. Um, so yeah, I just kind of mapped out the course, made sure I knew what I was doing. Um, but yeah, nothing particularly changed that much other than, I suppose, maybe even my nutrition wouldn't have changed that much. I probably, obviously I knew I wasn't going to sweat as much. So in terms of the amount of electrolytes and things like that, but yeah, no, not, not really that much difference. Just trying to get my head around a new course. So sometimes it's best not to know, isn't it? Just uh, get out there and do it. Yeah, exactly. And you just don't, you don't, you don't know the thing. That's the only thing about, I find with British racing is you just don't know what the weather's going to be. And I am not great in the cold. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> really bad. I think, really bad. Um, you know, the, the, at least there wasn't a sea swim. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, actually, I the water was, I think the water was, yeah, the water was warm because it's quite shallow, the water there at Healy Castle. So, um, yeah, that was fine. But it was, it was like when I got on the bike and it did start raining, um, it, it got really cold. I think it was probably about 16 degrees, which isn't. You, you, were, your, you were just in tri-suit, weren't you? You just, yeah. I had no, like nothing. I didn't even take a jacket. I didn't, yeah. It was quite a bad story. I guess no one was really thinking it was going to be. Like, if you're going to get rain, it was going to be that biblical. No. And I think the day before, the day before was sunny. And I think it was like, yeah, it might rain in the morning. But it it, it definitely wasn't forecast to rain the way it did. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just to give just to give listeners the like the perspective. So the day it was June, it was ground was pretty dry and it rained like solid for a good few hours to the point where when the sun came out and the 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 car park, the field was literally a quagmire and two tractors were having to pull everybody out. I mean, it was nothing the race organizers could do. It just, um, it, it was just a freak. Wasn't it? it really was. And the, and also the issue is, is by the time I got on the run, because of that weekend, they have so many races happening. By the time I got on the run, it was an absolute mud fest because people had obviously like been sliding around in it. Like, what, uh, what shoes did you have for it? Did you do have your, your best race shoes? Yeah, because this is the thing is I'd prepped for Lanzarote road <laughs> racing 30 degree heat. I had like a pair of, yeah, road shoes. Um, I, I obviously saw on their on their website it said we do, we, you know, we recommend trail shoes. I was like, well, it's two weeks away. I can't go and buy a pair of trail shoes and hope that they work. So yeah, it was, I was slipping everywhere. Like hold, at one point, holding on to trees because it was that bad and having to go around it, around the mud, holding on to trees so I wasn't slipping. But all those dance skills came into uh, into practice, didn't they? Big coordination and good core, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your run split for, for the um, for the day? Because your time was was really good. Um, yeah, I think mine, what was it? I think it was a 3.40, I think it was. And that's, that's great given the... The, the ground conditions there <laughs> yeah so yeah i was in shock when i finished and i was like oh oh that was actually quite I was like, but then it makes you think doesn't it you think oh what could i have done you know if it was if it was um on the road but the good thing about the mud this is that this is the positive was that i found that it didn't hurt my knees or joints or anything because it was soft underfoot um because i was expecting it around maybe 30k to be you know really suffering with my sort of just joints, I guess. 
but I actually felt surprisingly all right. <laughs> well, we were talking to Tom Tom uh, last week about mm. um, uh, his race, and you know he was sort of saying that once you kind of got like a, a, an hour into the into the bike, you can, and you because he, he said it was a bit a bit horrible to start with. Mm. Um, you know, and I can 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 understand you know why everyone be cautious because coming down that hill from um, Ashdown Forest is pretty yeah. pretty steep, isn't it? And you know, you, you twitch you when it's dry. So yeah, yeah, and it's and because um, obviously it's not closed roads, so there was cars, but the cars were also going really slow because they obviously couldn't see because their window wipers were going mad. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of speed. I think a lot of speed lost, like for things like that. Um, but I ha- and I had um, I didn't even think about it. But I had my visor on, but I I couldn't take my visor off because it was so there was just so much rain that like, I didn't have the coordination. Right. So I was I just couldn't see anything. But it was it was inc- it was dangerous. <laughs> when, when, I mean, you know, when, when this is all going on, what, I mean, what are you thinking? Are you, are you just thinking, right, we've just got to grind it out? Um, there was probably a lot of uh, effing and blinding underneath <laughs> the visor, that was for sure. <laughs> to begin with, thinking, oh, my goodness, it, surely this can't be for the whole thing. But actually, I got really cold. The first hour, I was really cold, and I was thinking... Well, there's no way I can do this. And I felt, I, I remember coming out of the swim and just felt a bit like, I don't know, a bit sick. I, don't, I honestly don't know why, but I actually stopped in the swim for a bit and like even breath stroke for like 30 seconds to a minute. Just saying, oh, I feel a bit queasy. And I think it was just all the nerves and stuff. Um, and then I got on the bike and I just really didn't feel like eating. Um, but obviously I knew I did. And then after the hour, and then the rain came down. But also I think it was a bit of a distraction from the pain that you were kind of, <laughs> your legs and things were feeling. Um, so yeah, after about the hour, I, hour and a half, I probably warmed up and then I was okay. But the first hour and a half of the rain, I was just freezing, like fingers, toes, everything was just absolutely sodden. Like. <laughs> but you came through it and you 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 first on the podium. Yes, yes, that was nice. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, it was really, it was really lovely. And the, every time I, I actually really enjoyed the run because you, because you came through four times, it meant that, or three, three times and then finished. Um, you know, I saw my family every time we came round, um, and the support was great. And yeah, it was just, and even the people out, like all the volunteers and stuff were lovely. And then it was beautiful. The The run was beautiful. Although there was literally approximately 50 metres of tarmac, everything else. <laughs> yeah. Rose. Which I don't even like now. So uh, this weekend, um, I had a training weekend with my with my coach, and literally the day before, well, it was a Friday. I said I really hate running in mud. I just it just annoys me. I just can't run fast. And then <laughs> we did a park run on Saturday morning, and it was just grass and mud. And I was like, oh, I just hate it. It just annoys me. I just think it's. I don't know how people do cross country. I mean, it's good training, I guess. Yeah, I mean that, that's just one way to look at it. Yeah, exactly. So, so what? So what else did you do last year, I and mean, how did you get on at those races? Yeah, so last year I started off. I actually, I actually um, had a little like dabble into sort of doing like some TT cycling stuff, um, just for some practice, really, um, for getting in my position. And then I went and did the Big East in yeah. Essex. Um, 
but it got cancelled halfway through. So it was it was oh, no. that was right at the beginning of the year, and it, you know when it was really really cold. Yeah. Um, and the the swim got shortened. It was like twelve. I think it must have been like literally bang on twelve degrees in the water. So they shortened it to a K, which I mean it's fine, but it was it was just so cold. It was. Oh, and again, I don't do very well in the cold. Um, and then we got out, and then there was a crash on the on the um, on the bike, but not not any, but not like cyclists. It was a tractor went over, and like the whole road was shut. So they had to stop the whole thing. And then they came back and they said, if you wanted to go and do the half marathon, you could. But at that point, I was just so cold. I was like, this is just dangerous for me. So, yeah, that was a bit annoying because I had to travel all the way there, and then it got cancelled. But yeah, it was one of those. And then I. I think I booked in then for the week after to go and do Bedfordshire Triathlon. Um, so I did that one. Um, I won that. Again, it wasn't overly fast. It was quite traily. Um, but again, it was just good to get get one done under my belt, especially after yeah. lockdown. Um, and then we had the freak weather. Then it suddenly became really, really hot in June for about a week. Um, and then I did one at Dorney. Um, it was the same day as the PTO event at Dorney. So they had the one oh, in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So that was quite cool. Um, I always try and do them because it's local. They're really good training races for me to do. I've heard great things about the uh, the, the Dorney Lake tries. They, um, they they look really good. I think I have to try and maybe do one this year, I think. Yeah. they are, And and you know what you're going to get. And generally, they're really good to like do good PBs and things like that. Um, yeah. So that was good. So I did that one. I think I came second in that one. And then then I had Heaver. And then I had quite a bit of a gap because obviously I needed to recover. Um, and then I booked in last minute when um, Bolton said they were going to do a 70.3. Um, so I booked in last minute for that. So that I finished off the season yeah, with Bolton 70.3 the end of September. And how so did you get on at Bolton? I came third overall. So oh, that's really good. Yeah, I was super chuffed with that. Um, yeah, really, really chuffed with with how that race went. Again, that was I just seemed to choose the the, the worst, the the hardest like uh, races in terms of like I don't know roads and and sort of hills. But that was yeah, that was testing. Um, it's a tricky. It was it's a tricky old um, bike course, and then it's very technical coming down, um, and the road surface is not great up there. But actually, the Bolton Full Ironman was the same day as Heaver Castle. Yeah. So they had the rain, but it looked like that they had the rain even worse than what we did. So, yeah. So you you've, you 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 had a good last year. Um, so this year, you got any plans? You looking at maybe trying to get a pro license? Is that on the on the horizon for you? Um, I mean that's that would be the dream at some point. Um. But I think I'm just kind of, I prefer to get more racing under my belt before I get, try and do that. Because I think there's one thing getting a pro license, but there's another thing actually being able to have a career in actually winning. I just don't, I personally don't necessarily see the point in getting a pro license if you then can't get on a podium and win money and things like that. So I'd prefer to get more racing under my belt. And if, the time came and and it was right and it happened then yes obviously i'd love to um 
But I, I did have obviously Lanzarote planned for this May that I postponed from last year. Um, but as I said earlier, I'm having a little rethink as to whether or not that's going to go ahead. But I've got a couple of duathlons booked in. Um, I've got um, sort of a half marathon booked in February. I like to do it in like quarters almost. Yeah. So I was I was planning up until Lanzarote and then I was going to see where that took me um, if I'd qualified. I was trying to maybe qualify for the Worlds um, and then I was going to plan the next bit. But um, yeah, we'll see how the year goes, which is kind of, yeah, we just need to see because if that starts unfortunately getting infected then maybe then but then maybe i'll look at the um the world's duathlon i don't know yeah. that's probably not very specific uh answer to your question there well if you do, <laughs> if you do, do the uh the world's duathlon you have to give us a shout and uh let yeah. us know yeah definitely yeah and that's and that would be that would be like two weeks prior to lanzarote anyway so it would kind of work in terms of um when i was planning to race so yeah i might just postpone postpone lanzarote for another year but but we'll see how we go so if, if you were kicking off again and knowing what you know now, what, what advice would you give yourself? Hmm. Not to feel intimidated by kit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the, when I first went in and I was like, oh, look at that person. They've got that. All oh, that, that tri-suit looks really good. They must be fast. And actually like, yeah, taking the pressure off of... of <laughs> People can buy really expensive kit and it really doesn't mean that they're fast or anything like that. So, um, yeah, definitely that. Um, I think also just always having perspective um, and having maybe something else, um, something else that you enjoy doing as well or other friends and family. Because, I, I mean, I, I have such a lovely community of people, of triathlon uh, friends and things like that, people I train with. But having that other side of life as well is, I think, really important. Um, so making sure that you keep that. Um, they all think you're nutters, but that's fine. You know, we know we're not. Or maybe yeah, it's, 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 it's great to have um, perspective and people outside of the sport as well, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. And I, and I would say 100% join a club or a community to begin with. Even if you don't stay there, like I only stayed at my local club for two years um and then I wanted to sort of I probably outgrew it a little bit um but all my local mates around here I've met through the club so I still have all my local friends that I can train with or do long rides with you know if it's if I'm not doing specific um sessions and stuff um which I mean during lockdown was just really helpful when we you know you're on swift and you've got discord going and you're talking to everyone it's yeah it's 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 trying to remember special. how to socialize with people i know actually go outside but now this year i've i'm really so last year i did everything inside obviously because of the lockdown but also because it was i just thought it was easier and it was better training blah, blah, blah. but i'm kind of having a bit of a this year now i'm really forcing myself to go out even if it's cold because i would just moan about the cold all the time i'm like nope i've got to get tougher so now i'm out all the time um which I, I don't know, I think, I don't know which one's actually better for you. My, 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 my coach did a similar thing with me. He said, um, you know, you can go ride outside. I've fallen into that habit, even like my long rides, I was just doing them on Zwift. And it was like, yeah. well, you can go out, outside. And Joe, yesterday I went out, it was freezing. And we've been quite lucky, I think, with it being fairly mild. But yesterday was a proper cold one here. Yeah. And it, you know, it, was, it was beautiful out. And I just thought, yeah, actually... 
sometimes it's good to remember that it's not all about hitting numbers. It's, you know, you enjoy the sport. Yeah, that, that's what, exactly what I was going to say as well, is like ignore, just don't compare data all the time. Like it's, it's, and I think everybody can, or like, or especially like on Instagram or the amount of, you know, that person's training this much, they've put on their Instagram, they're doing this and, and just trust. I mean, if you are with a coach, like trust, you have to be able to trust your coach first and foremost, I think. And I've been really lucky, like both of mine, like my old one and my new one, I really trust. Um, and I've had that, um, I've been able to be really open with them as well. Um, but I've come from a real like data um, one was really, really data driven to one not so data driven. So now I've kind of got the best of both. I understand, yeah. but I also don't rely too much on it. Um, and I think that's really important is knowing like going by feel and going by how you feel on the day is really, really important, especially if you go, I think, long more than anything. You know, you have to be able to know what your body's doing. And, and, and who, who knows their body better than you, right? That's that, that's the important yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the same thing like with my with the ear the ear issues I was having probably 2 years ago I would have just kept going and going and going and swimming and swimming and swimming and ignoring it and actually I was like, Do you know what? I could lose my hearing if I continue getting ear infections. Like I have to stop. Um and I wouldn't have done that prior, but as you say, if you know your body and you know it's not right. And that's why I'm still a bit like I still don't think it's right, right? Like it's, if that's such a word, but yeah, I still don't think it's a hundred percent. So it's just trusting yourself. Well, Jordan, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, and I wish you all the best with the up and coming season. And you'll have to let us know how you get on uh, when you decide what uh, what you're going for. Uh, but thanks so much for for coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank you very much for having me. It's been it's been lovely. <laughs> So a massive thank you to Jordan for, for coming along and chatting with us today. Uh, really interesting. And uh, hopefully I'll get to race with Jordan out in um, the Duathlon World Championships uh, in May this year. Uh, so if you've got any stories or you want to actually uh, talk to us, drop us a line uh, across one of our social media channels or to try Radar website. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. <laughs>